0: we latest episode of the NCTM Maths podcast. We're here today with Lizzie and Becky and we're going to learn more about using algebra tiles for secondary maths lessons. I'm going to get uh, Lizzie and Becky to introduce themselves and then we're going to hear all about how Lizzie uses them in her lessons in her school and uh, hopefully you'll be able to take away from this podcast some practical tips that you'll be able to use in your lessons too. So Lizzie if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yep hi i'm lizzie i am a maths teacher obviously and a key stage three lead at Tithrington in macclesfield i've been teaching roughly 10 years and um, i'm just completing my first year as an ncutm mastery
0: specialist which uh, has been a really
1: amazing journey so far
0: Thank you and Becky will be familiar to uh, some of our listeners but Becky if you could just introduce yourself.
2: Sure so I'm Becky Donaldson I work um, as one of the assistant directors for secondary in the NCTM before I joined the team which just over two years ago I was a maths mat lead in Bristol and before that I was a head of maths in London. Excellent thank you both very much over to you. Right um, so Lizzie I would just like to start with kind of the big picture really so Why use algebra tiles? What is it that you find you you and your students get out of them?
1: So uh, algebra is such an abstract concept for students to grapple with. Uh, I find using the manipulatives provides a really helpful scaffold for not just uh, students that maybe struggle with it, but um, kind of grappling with algebra as a concept and the full kind of journey of algebra. It's really helpful to have something uh, concrete and visual for students to uh, relate the underlying structure of algebra and algebraic manipulation to, Um It provides quite a good journey as well through from concrete manipulative uh, with the tiles up to visuals and pictures that you can then kind of see and students have these images in their mind and then they can then deal with the more abstract things um, without The use of those uh, diagrams, those visuals, or those manipulatives. Um, I find that if you kind of try and teach algebra in a procedural way, the lack of understanding can lead to uh, like misconceptions and uh, poor memorization or poor memory of the skills, like moving forward. So I found it's been really powerful to give them the tiles and ask them to uh, rearrange them and then they can see why the procedure comes about, or they can generalize the procedure for themselves. Uh, And that's much more powerful um, than me telling them how to do it and just having a set of steps to follow because they understand the steps and why they do what they do. Um, It's always there to fall back on as well. When you're going to do something a bit more complex, you can always go back to this. And if students, you know, they're inevitably going to forget because that's what humans do. Um, You can show them the visual or you can use the tiles. And normally it's just a little bit of a nudge and they can go back to the abstract again later on. So I found them transform my teaching of algebra for that reason.
2: Amazing. You talked about a journey there. I'm really intrigued to know where you start with Algebra Tiles, of which year group, which topic. What is the introduction that your students get to this manipulative? I think the journey
1: is a kind of big part of using Algebra Tiles. Um, I found in the past, you know, I've tried to do with Year 12, completing the square and they've never seen Algebra Tiles before. Um, and it's quite an abstract thing completing the square and the tiles are quite abstract when you've never met them before and it it kind of didn't go down so well so actually planning the journey back from kind of that point is uh really important as a curriculum leader so me as key stage three lead i'm thinking year seven when they're introduced to algebra in the first instance uh getting them used to the tiles and maybe doing some collecting like terms um and then expanding and factorizing, which try and teach at the same time and to kind of emphasize that it's equivalence, it's different ways of writing the same Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So we do that in year seven. And then year eight, you can maybe move on to expanding and factorizing double brackets. And again, it's kind of an equivalence thing. Um, And year nine, maybe year 10, depending on the class completing the square. and completing the square that was for me the kind of the game changer in in a nutshell for me where i thought that the, i can see the power in this because it is so procedural if you just teach them or oh, you've got to half the coefficient of x whereas if they've got the tiles in front of you they tell you and they can see why they've got to half the coefficient of x and um, but yeah if you just start with the algebra tiles at like completing the square you kind of not going to get the best out of it and i think it is important that you kind of weave it into their journey through school and through different topics and it's like a nice common thread for them to have throughout their kind of learning journey
2: Yeah, I completely relate to that completing the square moment. I had that moment embarrassingly late in my teaching career. I was like, oh, this is why it works. Because someone showed me with some algebra tiles. So I can can well imagine the the, the light bulb moment that you get in your classroom. You talk there about it being something they're really used to all the way through year seven, eight and nine. I know some teachers perhaps um, might be less familiar with giving kids stuff in the lesson that the students actually have in the manipulatives. Is it something that you give them or is it something that you demonstrate on the board? How do you make it work in your classroom on a practical level? so it,
1: for me it's been a journey as well um sorry overuse of the word journey but it has I um, journey. and I, I kind of started with just visuals because i didn't we didn't have any algebra tiles in the department so i used you know math spot and um i even like made some out of paper initially to see if it was going to work because they, they are an investment i would say if you buy in the actual titles and in my opinion completely worth it uh but i, t- I started with paper and visuals initially um and <laughs> I did occasionally depending on the class size I had like a a nice small year nine class and I did give them the paper to play with um and I, I initially it was very visual uh, but yeah I've since we've we've kind of been on this mastery journey we've invested in some algebra tiles now and um I give them out one each a set each so and um, they've all got something to manipulate in front of them Um i s- often try to do it under the visualizer as well if i can Um sometimes I'll, I'll like write a question in whiteboard pen on my desk under the visualizer and kind of show them how how to do it Um but yeah i, I initially i couldn't because i didn't have the resources there so uh, it's been Only maybe the last uh, three or four months, and I've been trying it with like all of my classes because I'm like a kid with a new toy that kind of wants to have a go at them in all my lessons. So, um, yeah, I've learned a lot about how to use them effectively. Um, There is, you know, the novelty aspect, um, as I'm sure you can imagine, but the tiles are really quite inoffensive, I guess, in that sense. There's not a lot that they can do with the tiles um you know they might try and build them up but you if you kind of have the expectations of what you want them to use them for um if you make that clear and if you build it in a as a part of their maths curriculum from year seven i don't foresee it being too much of an issue really uh, but kids will be kids at the end of the day so um it might even be worth giving them out and saying right go nuts for two minutes and then you know yeah. And then I'm going to trust you after oh, that. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, You've tried to build a tower. Now the novelty's over. Let's do some maths with them. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the, I find they the really helpful for the kids because they can they can manipulate them. You they can move them around, and it's you can't you don't get that same thing with uh, paper. It's really hard to move around. You don't get the same thing with like you doing it with visuals on the board, um, because then it's just you doing it they don't physically get to do it themselves so they are really powerful.
2: Yeah I wonder if you could kind of elaborate on that power a little bit more um and just talk a little bit about what you've seen change in your students understanding since you started using algebra tiles what have you been looking for in the classroom to evidence to yourself really that do you know what this is having an impact this is really working?
1: There's been like a really nice moment
2: with my year nines recently where um
1: part of the point of using the algebra tiles is that they're not going to be needed forever it is a first kind of step um in the journey of algebraic manipulation they want you want to do them to be able to do it without because they won't have algebra tiles in their exam so when my year nines have been doing it recently um they kind of they reach a point where they're ready to move on before you kind of tell them to sometimes you have to kind of hold them back a bit and kind of Try and keep them using them a little bit longer just to really get the concrete um understanding um embedded before they kind of run with it and um, one of the students said to me when we were um recapping doing expanding he was like um i can see it it was how he saw it so he he wasn't using the tiles even though they're in front of him he said well there's going to be a row of three x's and there's going to be uh three rows of threes so it's going to be three x plus nine and that was really powerful for me because that means essentially the tiles uh no longer necessary necessary for that bit of his maths but he can still see it in his head Mm. and then therefore he can kind of do the process abstract now because he doesn't need the manipulative that was yeah. really
2: powerful the um, representation is really embedded in his head really isn't it that's, yeah. that's there for him yeah. to access when he needs not just when the stuff's on the table
1: yeah it's a mental visual that he has there and that's yeah. how he's seeing the algebra now rather than as an abstract bunch of letters and numbers
2: mm, amazing um i wonder if you could just talk us briefly through like a learning sequence that you use with algebra tiles, and um, either one from the, or either you know one of the ones that you've mentioned that's really powerful, like completing the square, or one of the earlier ones. Just what is the the kind of sequence of steps that you go through with students in the lesson?
1: So um the one that I'm probably more competent with because I've I've done it the most would be expanding and factorising. Yeah. Like I said, I don't teach them necessarily as two separate things in the first instance. It's about how do you see this? Do you see it another way? Um, Can you build this? Can you show this? Can you arrange it into a rectangle? So uh, the kind of expanding and factorizing is is all based around arranging the tiles into a rectangle. um, And the dimensions of the rectangle for the like area would be your factorized form of the expression and then kind of The easy one for them to see is the area in terms of what the tiles are. So there's three X's and there's nine ones. So it's three X plus nine, they see that easier. So it's kind of um, with the factorizing, getting them to see the dimensions. And um, for me, I'd kind of start with some factorized expressions. Um, How else could you see this? Let's build it. Can everyone see how this, these tiles represent that expression. What else, what other expressions can you see in there? And then um, giving them the diagram or a, a, something that I've built and saying, well, what can you see with this? A lot of mini whiteboard work. You know, if you see it one way, can you see it another way? Um, and then giving them like a factorized uh, or an expanded version and being like, can yeah. you build that? How yeah. how else do you see it? Can you write it in a different way? And really embedding the fact that they are the same, it's equivalence. And it's a lot of kind of diagrams and varying the bits that are missing so that they're kind of filling in different bits. And uh, eventually, you know, they do become redundant when you're expanding and factorizing because the the tiles are limited. You've only got an x squared, an x, and a one. So eventually, you will have to kind of take from that the process, I guess that you are applying um, to build up. but I do find if if it's too much of a leap for students to go straight from um, three brackets X plus two uh, to the you know multiply by three essentially, then you can do like an area model and then um, you can have side by side the tiles and an area model. How yeah. are these the same? How are they different? Um, can you see that they show the same thing? And then you can even link that to the grid method afterwards. So there's always some kind of progression and scaffold mm. away from the tiles. So it's not just uh, tiles, maths, you know, the, yeah. there is some- there other representations that, kind of... that can- Exactly, that re- link really well to the tiles. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I, well, I really, said how how else I would go about it but um, you know this would be maybe um, a week of lessons exploring the equivalence between factorised expanded and lots of work with the tiles lots of uh, diagrams um, and then you know trying to see where I need to take it from there depending on the class do I need to introduce another scaffold that's not the tiles but will help them get there or they're there already sometimes depending on the class they, they can get there um but then you do have to plan that exit from using the manipulatives you have to plan what happens next and get away from them somehow so you know you you maybe have a week afterwards of doing expanding and factorizing where there are no tiles because they need to be able to do it without um and they need to kind of use what they've learned, I guess, in different contexts. So when they've got like XY plus 3X and the tiles won't work for that question. So what do we know about what we've done with the tiles that we can apply to those types of question?
2: yeah that makes sense it sounds like there's a real emphasis there on equivalence rather than yeah. procedure so you're spending a lot of time really kind of dwelling on that before you because you could very easily teach spelling and factorizing super quick here's a procedure and go but it's worth investing that time in exploring equivalence first how much do you find you have to plan for the the kind of the abstract I guess and how much does sort of the procedure fall out of playing around with the tiles how much do the students get there on their own
1: Oh, it kind of depends on the class, I think, um, and the student. You know, some students, some students really want the quick wins, don't they? They kind of want the quick procedure, and they'll try and shoehorn it in before the, before they're ready. And you almost have to slow them down a little bit and be like, "Hang on, keep using the tiles, and we'll see if that always works." Yeah. And, and yeah, it the 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 procedure you have to kind of facilitate the discussion about the procedure, I would say, and guide them to seeing the procedure and how the procedure links to the tiles and what they've been doing. And it's even like sometimes alongside one another, you know, um, on one side having the structure, on the other side, having the abstract and being like, can we all see how, how these two are the same?
2: Yeah, nice. So kind of planning ahead for that exit, like you were saying earlier, from the from the um, from the manipulatives. Um, you touched on a, a limitation there that things like, well, you have two unknowns, we have X, Y, the algebra tiles, don't we prepare students for that. Are there any other limitations that you'd warn teachers about to think ahead if they're planning on using them in their own lessons?
1: Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few. I mean, obviously, we've only got X squared, X and one. Um, the... Other thing is, uh, because we're talking about area for factorising and when there's negatives, that's assuming that you can have a negative length, which is um, a difficult concept, I suppose, for students to get their head around. Um, Also, the fact that the X length is supposed to be an unknown and it's kind of fixed on the (laughs) tile. And you see them as soon as you hand them out, try and put the ones next to the X and see. And they're like, oh, it's not quite five, but it's not quite six and the the designs so that they're not exactly the same length nice. as any number of ones but there is still that misconception that they might think that x is somewhere between 5 and 6 because i can fit i can't quite fit 5 and 6 is too many so it must be between 5 and 6 and almost immediately that's what most kids will do they'll try and work out what x is by yeah. putting them next to um so yeah there's the the other issue i've seen and I've not done it myself, but i've I've just seen other people have done where they uh use the tiles to try and create the right lengths so they put like an X tile there to get mm-hmm. the right dimension or the right tile in the right space and they might leave it there. It's almost like um, a title um, yeah it's hard to explain, but th- then there's that misconception that that's part of the answer when it, yeah. actually it's it's kind of, it's there to help create the diagram um, so I've seen that be a bit of an issue um I think I've seen something similar it's a bit like when
2: you're setting up a grid di- like a grid method and you're writing kind of the numbers on the outside you put the tiles there to be the numbers and that yes. it can look like it's part of the solution rather than part of the question so I guess that's something for teachers to think about how particularly moving from the manipulative to the abstract how how you lay it out there's some decisions you can make there that could potentially put misconceptions in the student's way
1: yeah exactly
2: Yeah Um, I'm really interested in that you touched upon negatives there um, and I I read your blog last night and you talked about the connection between them because they're 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 double-sided right they're red on the one side between um, the the negative algebra tiles but also between double-sided counters for negative numbers and I wondered if you could expand a bit more on um, the link that you've made between those with your students.
1: Yeah I again something that before I started this kind of mastery development I was really frustrated by how difficult students find negative numbers and I was constantly trying to find something that made negative numbers more accessible for students and when I found the double-sided counters that's initially uh, how I'd started really making a difference I guess with how I was teaching directed number Um the They have very similar features to the one tiles in an algebra tile set. So there is a bit of consistency there. They're just circular because the counters. So there's red on one side, which is negative, uh, yellow on one side, which is positive. And um, you have zero pairs where a positive counter and a negative counter uh, sub to zero, essentially. Um, And they're really useful in doing calculations with directed number and negative numbers. And to the connection, I mean, how often have you kind of been teaching algebra and the algebra is not the problem, it's the directed number. So as soon as I started teaching with the algebra tiles, I started seeing that there was a connection with the directed number and the double-sided counters. And it was really powerful in terms of a way I can use. I didn't even realise until I started playing around with some tiles that I could have a zero pair that was a positive x and a negative x,
2: mm.
1: and I was like, oh, of course, they're just more zero pairs. Um, so yeah, that's really powerful. If you do the legwork with negative numbers um, and the directed counters, it really follows on nicely into the algebra as well, um, and it's it's still not ideal and i've still got a lot of work to do on how to be better at teaching this and making it more memorable for my students and but it is incredible the difference um the kind of how how the journey is impacting other areas of maths and i suppose that's what we kind of want to see as mathematicians that they can make the connections between different topics and this was a really nice moment for me as, you know, nine years into teaching being like, oh, wait, zero pairs are not just one and negative one, are they? Um, so, yeah, it, that that's something that really struck me um, during kind of playing around with these, because, you know, before I started trying to teach with the algebra tiles, I was a novice and, you know, I read bits and I had a little bit of training with NCTM, but the biggest learning journey for me has just been doing it with the kids and talking to the kids when they're using the tiles. And, you know, that that would be a big takeaway message for me, for anybody that's listening is to give it a go because it, it is amazing and you learn more by doing it than you do from kind of trying to research it or watch it or listen to
2: it. Yeah, that feels like a really nice moment to stop coming, coming back to the journey there, because it's it's not just been about the student's journey and it's not just the student's journey in algebra, is it? Because you're talking about the connection with number and other aspects of the curriculum there, but also that you as a teacher, you know, a decade in are still failing, like you're on a journey with this and learning. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed hearing how you've sort of been puzzling this out and making it work for your students.
0: Thank you. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you both very much indeed it's been absolutely fascinating to hear about that Um, I'm sure our listeners to this podcast episode will have absolutely loads to take away if people want to know more about using algebra tiles Lizzie has a blog and there are also um, features and resources on the NCTM website about using algebra tiles about completing the square and about using other manipulatives with students in key stage three thank you for listening and we'll have another podcast episode for you again soon.